I don't have time to preach the sermon that was prepared. I don't have time to cover Psalm 23, 6. But I will give you a brief word, and then Atarius will come and close us in prayer. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14. Pastor, we got time. What do y'all think? Take your time, The main thing is that I want to make sure we leave with a word. Amen. That's the main thing. It's not my sermon, even though I worked hard on it. We need a word as you leave. And we want to be respectful of the time of the children's ministry and the student ministry. But in John chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Jesus is speaking, and don't worry about the screens. Don't worry about that. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for not only being an on-time God who never leaves, who never forsakes, who's always present with us, but we thank you for how relevant and powerful and practical your word is. Holy Spirit, have your way. Encourage us all. In Jesus' name, amen. We just sang a song about heaven. Our worship leader encouraged us with the premise that this is what we're going to be doing all day, every day. Worshiping and praising and honoring God. And as Felicia said about her daughter Olivia, about the word hallelujah, uh, it is the highest form of praise. And as we get to heaven, we will sing and shout and speak the words hallelujah, which means Praise the Lord. Praise Yah. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And when Paul was taken up to heaven, he said, it was not what I saw that totally discombobulated me. It was what I heard. He said, I heard things that it's not even right for a man to talk about. Because when he went to heaven, he heard the angels shouting unto one another as they shouted unto God, holy, holy, holy. He heard praise that he couldn't even fathom. He couldn't even put it into human words as he wrote the scriptures. Because there's just something about heaven and where we're going that helps us to deal with the pain that we're going through right now. And when Jesus said what he said in Matthew chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled, he knew his disciples. He knew that what they just heard had troubled their hearts. He knew that what they just heard had troubled their minds. Well, what did they hear? They're in the upper room. And he has told them, I am about to leave you. Now, he had been saying that for three years. And it really didn't sink in until the moment 
when they're in the upper room during Passion Week and they know that the intensity around Jerusalem is swelling and increasing and they know that there are many hits out on Jesus and they're trying to find him and get him. And so they know that the atmosphere has been intensified. And so in the upper room, Jesus lets them know that I am about to leave you. This is it. I am about to be arrested, falsely tried, and put to death. And so their hearts were sad because the one that they have spent so much time with is about to leave them now. And they don't want him to leave. They don't want to hear that part of the message that he's got to go, but he came on a mission and it was time to go and they didn't want to let him go. And even one even voiced his feelings and said, Lord, I'm willing to lay my life down for you. And he was considered the leader of the group. And, and he said, no, Lord, I, I'll lay my life down for you. And then Jesus says to him in front of them all that, Peter, you will deny three times tonight before the rooster crows that you even know me. And so their hearts are troubled because Jesus says, I'm going away. And Jesus says that your leader is going to deny and they're sitting there somewhat hopeless. They've got sad news and bad news. And even one of their close associates, Jesus said, is going to be a betrayer. And so their whole organization and their whole mission seems like it's crumbling in that moment. And so Jesus, knowing his disciples, he said to them, let not your heart be troubled. And I want to say to Strong Tower this morning, in light of what you have heard, in light of what you feel, I just want to encourage you with the words of Jesus, let not your hearts be troubled, especially to the point of excessive sorrow. We are Christians and we grieve with hope. So Lord, we have hope that no matter what we're going through, you're going to work this out. You're going to turn it around. It's going to be a better day. And so that's why Jesus says, I got to raise your vision a little bit. Because when you're hurting and you're struggling, sometimes we have to have a vision of heaven. So he says to them, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, no mere man can make a statement like that. The same way you put your faith in God, put your faith in me. No person living can make that statement except the one, the God who became man. He says, the way you trust God, trust me also. And then he said, get your heads up, guys. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come back and get you and bring you back to that place that I'm going to. So I'm going away, but I'm coming back. Christy, isn't that good news when people go away and then they come back? <laughs> Amen. And so Jesus is saying, <laughs> I'm going away and I'm coming back. Now, he says, I'm preparing a place for you. Because I need you guys to look up because where we are is not better than where we're going. 
I know y'all are hurting right now and you think that this is it. But I'm here to let you know that this is not it because this thing is not going to end with my death. Technically, it's going to begin with my resurrection. And a new day, I'm going to seal that new covenant that we just took symbolically with my blood on the cross and by my resurrection. And by getting up from the dead, I'm guaranteeing that you will live with me forever because down here is not all that there is. There's a better place. There's a better place. It's just like when we go to funerals. And I'm so sorry that sometimes the only time we hear about heaven is at a funeral. But they always want to comfort the family of the deceased loved one who's a Christian by saying, he or she is in a better place. They're in a better place. And that helps us cope with the pain of the loss because we know that our loved one who knows the Lord is in a better place. Now, we don't know a whole lot about that place, but we do know it's better than the place we're in right now. And Jesus says, I'm making a house for you. And we know being a carpenter, he knows how to build. And he says, I'm going to make a house. My father's house has many rooms or dwelling places. Mansions is probably not the best interpretation of that word. But the Lord is saying, I'm going to take care of you. And Jesus says, I'm going to go prepare this place. Now, Jesus, how long have you been gone? 2,000 years. How long you been preparing this place for us? 2,000 years. Now, wait a minute, Lord. How long did it take you to prepare or build the heavens and the earth? Six days. Now, this place is beautiful down here, even in its fallen condition. Because some of y'all are going to go to the beach and just act like you in heaven. Some of y'all just came from off of the lake and you've been fishing and whoo, it just feels so good. This creation speaks of God. It's so beautiful, even in its fallen state. And what he took six days to build and create and speak, because John says he spoke the world into existence. It cannot compare to the place that we're going to. So, so don't stay so caught up here that you lose hope of where you're going. Because where you're going is better than where you are, even if where you are is a beautiful place. Even if where you are, you're going through a good season right now and all your bills are paid and your body's feeling good and your relationships are good and you live in a good house, you drink clean water, you put on clean clothes, all of that. You're in a good place, but I'm here to tell you no matter how good this is for you, where we're going is still better than this place. But the hope of where we're going especially means a lot to those of us who don't have shoes to put on our feet and don't have clean water and don't know where our next meal is coming from, is threatened by terrorists or struggling with sickness and disease. They're isolated. They've been abandoned. They really are looking forward to the hope of heaven that that place is better than this place. And if it's a young person grieving at a funeral that their grandmother died, again, it's the hope of the gospel that says, Grandma is in a better place. And if you know him, you'll be in that better place as well. Oh, six days to build the world. 
2,000 years and he's still preparing a place? I tell you, that must be some place. No wonder the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them who love us. We, we can't even comprehend. That's why when Paul heard what he heard in heaven, he couldn't even write it down right. Where we're going, the Bible lets us know. Let me tell you, there won't be any more sorrow. There won't be any more sadness or sickness or death. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Because the former things are going to be passed away. And this new city, this new Jerusalem that Jesus has been building by himself for 2,000 plus years, he's been building a whole city. And it's coming down from heaven to the new heaven and new earth like a bride who's been sent towards her husband. He's prepared this place. And this place, this place, it gives me hope when I'm struggling and going through stuff. Like, oh, Lord, it hurts, it hurts. But Jesus says, I'm going away to prepare something for you because this place is awesome. And when you think about this place, the Bible talks about how the streets are paved with translucent gold and how there is a tree called the tree of life that is so huge that it has a river running right through the middle of it and its roots are on both sides of the river and it has uh, uh, branches that gives forth fruit for the nations in order to bring forth healing. One tree has 12 different fruits on it. This place is going to have people from every nation, tribe, kindred, and tongue speaking our native languages as we worship God and we're able to interpret what one another says. Hallelujah really sounds the same in every language anyway. This is where we're going and we don't have to worry about what we're going to wear because he's going to give us these white robes, which is symbolic of the righteousness of Jesus that's been imputed unto us. We'll get crowns on our head, and as the old folks used to say, it ain't in the Bible, but it sounds good. We'll get some golden slippers and just walk around heaven all day. <laughs> we'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. As the honored guests, it's where we're going. In this city that we live in where we have these dwelling places, these rooms, some would say mansions, it's housed, the city is housed inside of a four-square gated community. I've never lived in a gated community. I, I get to live in one when I go to heaven. And the Bible talks about how there are these gates are made of pearl. Each gate is made of a pearl. And, and, and the walls, they're, 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 they're four in the east, four in the west, four in the south, four in the north, and, and, and they are made of all these different stones. And the brilliance of these stones magnify as they reflect off of the light of the Lamb of God. Amen. There won't be any sun in this city because Jesus will give it the light. And all this stuff is going on. Again, we, I can't even explain it. But the Bible lets us know that the beauty and the greatness of where we're going is that we get to see Jesus face to face. And it will all make sense then. Sometimes those of you who've been walking through divorce, those of you who've been walking through abandonment issues and you've been struggling with children that you've adopted or you're dealing with financial issues and health issues and church issues and whatever it is, Paul said in Romans 8.18, I reckon that the suffering of this present age is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed unto me. So strong tower, let's keep our heads up. 
And let's be reminded that where we're going is better than where we are. This too will pass. And earth knows no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Lord, give us an eternal perspective, even as you gave the disciples in that moment. Guys, don't be troubled. In my father's house in many rooms, I'm going to prepare a place. And where I'm going, there you'll be, because I'm coming back to get you. Thank you, Lord, for your peace and for your grace, for your encouragement. Because you said that in this life, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. And we even pray for the body of Christ globally, who are going through some serious, serious physical attacks. Underground churches in China and in Russia. Pastors' children being abducted. Bombs being thrown into churches. Walking through Islamic communities to get to your one hut called the local church. AIDS ravaging various parts of Africa. Not having fresh water to drink. And yet Christians are getting together because they recognize who their hope is. And they're not looking at what is seen exclusively because what is seen is temporary. But they're trying to focus their eyes on what is not seen because what is not seen is eternal. Oh God, give us eyes to see. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing with this church, with this body. Thank you for the vision that you've given us, Lord, to experience, explain, and expand your diverse kingdom in this city and throughout the world. Thank you, Lord, for how you are ministering to us because you care and you love. You're present with us. Thank you that today we could get some songs in our spirit to encourage us to lift up our heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Lord, walk with us through this valley. Walk with us through this season. And as we're walking with you through pain and grief and whatever other emotions we have, help us to be in that moment, but also mindful, Lord, of where we're going and how where we're going is better than where we are. Give us the hope of heaven today. Encourage each soul by your spirit. Thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Eminatarius has a word of encouragement for us for next Sunday as he closes us in prayer. Amen. Atarius.